Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 689. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about cray-cray investing. And that's kind of a weird title, but This is going to be kind of a weird podcast (laughs) in the sense that this is going to be very interesting, unusual. There's a lot of things going on I want to talk about, and it's kind of a potpourri of a lot of different things. But we are going to talk about crazy compounding rates, different investment ideas, things people have been contacting me about, what's going on in the market. It's going to be a pretty wide variety of things we're going to talk about today. So of course we've seen a lot of volatility in the markets. We saw the markets go down 13% in a week and then we saw the thousand point bounce on Monday, actually 1300 points, which if you're on my Instagram, you saw me actually videoing the ticker tape on CNBC as it was crossing a thousand points because I had predicted on the prior Friday that on Monday we would see a thousand point plus move up. And that just comes from my years of experience and having been through this many, many times, seeing big pullbacks and what happens. And basically what I knew was that on Friday, the people that had gone short, that is people that were betting the market was going to go down, would not want to keep those positions open over the weekend because news can change in two days and they didn't want to come in in the morning on Monday and maybe have lost their gains. So they were going to lock in those shorts on Friday. And that meant that if we had any decent news over the weekend or if people came to their senses or if we had anything not seem as bad as what was happening with coronavirus, then we may see a big bounce in the markets. And in fact, that's what happened. The markets opened a little lower, about 300 points, and then it turned and went up 1,300 points, a 1,600-point total swing in the day. So this we can see happen, and I also think that the big move up was short covering, so people still had some shorts, and they were betting the market was going to go down. They had to close their position, and that means they had to buy back in because you sell at the high, you buy in at the low, and you make the difference. You make the spread. And so they had to buy low. And when they decided to buy, they just have to go into the market and pay the market price. And that means that the market can jump up quite a lot as all these traders are having to buy and close out their shorts. So this is a common thing we see when markets move a lot like that. And that's how I came up with my prediction that the market would jump over a thousand points on Monday. Now here we are on Tuesday and the Fed unexpectedly sort of comes out and cuts interest rates by 50 basis points. 
And the reason I say sort of is because that was another thing I said, was that the market was already pricing in a quarter percent. Actually, it had priced in the whole half a percent cut. But at the time that I wrote it to my VIP group, it was 25 basis points or a quarter percent. So I had said that the markets were already pricing in the Fed cutting rates by a quarter of a percent. And so I expected that would be happening. It was a 95% probability. So the Fed came out today, Tuesday, and said we are cutting interest rates and it's an emergency rate cut of one half a percent. The Federal Reserve was not alone. There were other global central banks that did the same. In fact, Saudi Arabia cut 50 basis points to 1.75%. Australia cut 25 basis points or a quarter percent to a low of 0.5% interest rates. And Malaysia cut rates by a quarter percent to 2.5% interest rates. And there are more global cuts coming. So this is something that is happening on a more or less coordinated basis worldwide. And yes, coronavirus is involved, but I don't think it's the actual full story. I do think that on the one hand, we do have supply chains being interrupted. We don't know how badly or how much or where or what companies are going to be involved. And that's very hard to wrap your arms around because it's not quantifiable. And when it's not quantifiable, the market kind of takes the extreme worry and goes to the worst point rather than just waiting calmly to see what happens. It anticipates the worst. And sometimes people just panic and try to sell, which is usually the worst thing for a long-term investor to do, which is why One of the things I want to talk about is just having you stay calm, not get all caught up in this, and to really keep your long-term perspective and stay invested because ultimately, that's the best move for a long-term investor. I've said in recent podcasts that the 10% average annual return that I talk about in the stock market has happened through other downturns like this, you know, even worse than this, certainly. I mean, the 10% rate of return that we talk about takes into account 1987 when there was a 23% drop in one day. It takes into account Ebola, SARS, and other epidemic type things that we've had. It takes into account wars and attacks like 9-11. It takes into account nuclear accidents, hurricanes, all kinds of bad news that can move markets lower. And here's the thing, ultimately markets are moving in cycles and this sounds maybe a little strange, but the cycle is going to happen and we'll find out what the news is later on. I know the TV shows like to make you think that the news did this or did that, but the reality is when you look at markets, they do actually maintain long-term cycles. And that's something that very, very sophisticated, high net worth investors understand, but nobody else really has made a big effort to help the individual investor understand that. I did write about that in You're Already a Wealth Heiress because I felt that it was important for people to understand cycles and how the New York Stock Exchange is very aware of cycles, the commodities markets are very aware of cycles, Top hedge fund managers are very aware of cycles, but the average investor may not be aware of cycles, except if you listen to this podcast. 
So these cycles are going to happen no matter what. And we were looking very overvalued in the market anyway. The market was very high, very overbought. And when you look at a chart, it was screaming. It needed a pullback. And that was something I was talking with my VIP members about as well, was this is very overdue for a pullback. So we got the pullback. It turned out to be a sharper type of a pullback. And that makes it sometimes more scary. But on the other hand, it's necessary, it's normal, and it's baked into that 10% long-term rate of return. But only if you hold on. If you try and sell, you try and time the market, you're not going to be successful. And the reason I know that is because even the professionals that have all the tools, all the knowledge, all the research, all the money, all the fancy equipment, everything can't time the market. They can't. So if you could time the market successfully, you would be one of the best investors that existed because nobody can do it. So don't even try because you're actually going to cost yourself money if you're out of the market just a few days. Studies have shown that you're missing out on an enormous part of your return if you miss even a few days being invested because you're missing the big bounce back. You're missing that thousand point move up if you're out of the market. And so you don't want to try and time the market. You just need to stay in. So what else I wanted to talk about today was how wealthy people understand compounding. Back when technology stocks were really going crazy and the internet was coming into being, a lot of managers moved from mutual funds to their own hedge fund. And the reason they did that is they could charge higher fees, they could charge a percentage of performance as a fee, and as a result, some of these hedge fund managers have made a billion dollars in one year. So they can become very, very rich if they're very good investors and they're in a position to be able to charge more for their services. And wealthy people will oftentimes invest with hedge fund managers because they think they're going to get higher returns, higher compounding rates. But if you're paying higher fees and the manager isn't getting you better performance, you're not going to stay with them. And that's exactly what's been going on. The hedge fund managers have not been performing. They've not been doing better than the S&P 500. And yet they have a higher fee structure. So people are thinking, why should I pay these high fees when I could just be in the S&P 500 ETF, pay next to nothing in fees and get better performance? And that's in fact what is going on right now. And I want to share with you this article and I promise I'll come back around and, and show you how this is important to what you're doing. But here's what the very wealthy are experiencing. This is from a Bloomberg article on Yahoo Finance. It says, investors expect to pull $20 billion from hedge fund managers this year, a sign there's no turnaround in sight for the industry. Endowments, foundations, pensions, and sovereign wealth funds are likely to make most withdrawals, according to a recent study by Goldman Sachs Group, Inc. It surveyed 444 investors in December who oversee or advise $1 trillion in hedge fund assets. Hedge funds have been under pressure as performance has waned since the financial crisis. Over the last five years, the industry has underperformed a 60-40 equity bond portfolio for the first time since at least 1990, according to Goldman. 
investors have revolted by pulling money and forcing managers to slash fees, and many marquee names have quit managing outside money. Most of the allocators surveyed by Goldman blamed the macro picture of coordinated loose central bank policy for hedge funds' failure, with the expectation that eventually the environment will improve. But almost half of the allocators said the industry is suffering from a structural problem that's harder to fix. It's become too large, and the explosion of passive and quantitative strategies has complicated fundamental investing. What that means is that your ETFs, which are passive strategies, they don't have active management, they just invest in the index, like the S&P 500 index, that they're outperforming. They're doing better than the active managers. So why should these people be paying the fees? The article goes on to say, the result is that the allocators are investing in fewer managers that tend to be more specialized, use greater leverage, and invest in less liquid assets, the study found. That's a turn from the traditional concept of a hedge fund manager that takes a generalist approach and trades in and out of liquid securities. Instead, 62% of the allocators surveyed by Goldman now use hedge funds to invest in private assets. All right, what they mean when they say private assets, they mean like alternative investments like private equity and venture capital. So they might invest in startups or they might invest in businesses, but they're getting away from investing in publicly traded companies on stock exchanges because they're having to reach down lower, if you will, and get in sooner, earlier, so that maybe they can get a higher rate of return. So they're basically shying away from active management because people are not outperforming the S&P 500. This is what I'm trying to tell you, the professionals, the very best out there that have earned enormous high fees, they're having to close their business, they're having to shut down, they're going private with their own money and not managing public money anymore. And this is because it's getting harder and harder to simply beat the index. The article goes on to say, Still, the $20 billion withdrawal estimate would be an improvement from last year. Hedge fund research reported that net withdrawals for the industry totaled $43 billion for 2019, while e-vestments figure was much starker at almost $98 billion for 2019. Goldman found that investors are shifting much of the money toward other alternative investments, primarily private equity and venture capital, followed by private credit. Other findings include long-short equity, credit, and discretionary macro funds have fallen out of favor, while investors are demanding more relative value, quantitative equity, and multi-strategy funds. A long-short equity fund means a fund that can make money whether the market goes up or the market goes down. So it's saying those strategies are not working, especially those short strategies trying to make money when the market goes down. That's not working. There's all kinds of different strategies, and macro is just a big picture strategy. So what they're saying is they're looking toward multi-strategy funds, funds that make money through numerous different ways because any one particular way isn't really working. So I'm not going to finish the article. I will post it in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing. But I just wanted to point out to you what the super wealthy are struggling with in terms of performance in the market. And I keep coming back to the fact that they can't outperform the index. 
they can't do better than the S&P 500. And therefore, they're having to close their strategies, close their funds, and money is moving into the S&P 500 ETF and other index ETFs, mid-cap ETFs, small-cap ETFs, maybe technology or specialty sector ETFs. And the very wealthy are not finding the higher compounding available through hedge fund managers like they used to. And I'm trying to bring people back to earth because recently, this week and actually prior to this week, people have been contacting me, asking me about all kinds of investment schemes out there that I feel are really not realistic. People are promising things like 1,100% rates of return for 15 years. Well, if that were true, $10,000 would grow to $224 million, a quarter of a billion dollars. If they could compound at that rate consistently and reliably, number one, they would be the most successful hedge fund manager in the world. Number two, they'd have tons of money to manage for people. Number three, they'd be earning enormous fees because they were so successful. And number four, they'd be super wealthy themselves because they would have been able to grow their money into an enormous sum. So the fact that people are talking about these crazy rates of return, these cray cray, crazy rates of return is driving me bonkers. <laughs> and I had to bring it to your attention. Now, I'm not even talking about Bitcoin. I, I'm not even gonna go there because that's a whole different subject and people have to do their own research and make their own minds up about that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about stock market investments where people are promising these crazy rates of return. And I'm also seeing where people are thinking of doing crazy things with their money. They're thinking of buying companies that are not in good financial condition to try and get a high yield. Well, if you're getting a yield like 8%, that's because there's enormous risk. That means that it's not a good credit risk and that's why it's yielding 8%. That's why it has a higher dividend because the stock price has suffered. Maybe the company is being reorganized. Maybe it has financial problems, but there are reasons why they would be way above the normal rate of a dividend yield or a normal rate on a bond yield, that's because there's higher risk. So when you're reaching for those higher dividend yields or bond yields, you're taking more risk. The way to minimize risk and maximize return, in my opinion, is in the stock market with a diversified portfolio of large cap, mid cap, small cap, some international emerging markets and sector funds for up to five to 20% of your portfolio, like I always talk about for your asset allocation. And this is what is going to get you around an average 10% average annual return. And by the way, the S&P 500 has averaged 12.5% the last five years, which if it did that for six years would mean your money doubled. That's not taking undue risk. It doesn't mean that you don't have to live through ugly volatility like we had last week. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be scary. It is, but it means that if you can hold on through the long term, 
you're going to get a very decent rate of return, which is going to be more than enough to create serious wealth for you. So you don't have to go and invest in crazy scams or try to reach for something that is pie in the sky that probably isn't a return that you're going to get. And here's something to just keep you in perspective. And that is the average return on a real estate portfolio is somewhere between 3% annually and 6% annually. The long-term return on a stock portfolio is generally a 10% return. Warren Buffett created his fortune by having an average 26% return. So when you hear someone go above 26%, you should know that's something that's not realistic, consistent, or reliable, or they would be the richest person in the world. And Warren Buffett himself hasn't even been able to achieve his 26% rate of compounding lately because he has so much of his money in cash at 1% or whatever bond yields he's able to get. But my point is understand realistic rates of compounding, not the cray-cray compounding rates, okay? But realistic rates of compounding, three to 6% in real estate, 10% in stocks. And if you're Warren Buffett, it's gonna be 26%. Otherwise, if someone is promising you as a money manager, they can do better than that, I would be very skeptical. I would be highly skeptical because after all, like I said, even the hedge fund managers who used to be able to get some of those returns haven't been able to get them lately. And they're hemorrhaging money because of it. So stay long-term focused. Don't let this volatility of the stock market scare you into cash. That's the worst thing you can do. Stay fully invested and keep your long-term focus. Number two, remember you've got to stay in to get the rebound. The rebound like we had on Monday, the thousand points up, 1300 points up actually, you're not gonna get if you're trying to time the market. Don't waste your time trying to time the market. No one has successfully done that yet. So keep a level head. Don't get distracted by these cray-cray investing (laughs) offers out there. Don't feel like you have to reach for something unrealistic because even the most successful managers in the world are not beating the S&P 500 right now. And that's why so much money is flowing out of hedge funds. That's why so much money is going back into the S&P 500 index and other indexes, mid cap, small cap, emerging markets, international, etc. Just keep your focus on what's basic plain vanilla investing and you're going to do really, really well. You don't have to shoot for the moon. You don't have to take extra risk. You don't have to be a gambler. Don't do any of those things. Just be consistent in the market and stay invested. Well, I hope that makes sense why I called it cray cray investing because it's been crazy out there, but I'm hoping to help you avoid some of these potholes, avoid some of these wrong turns and misdirections that can cause you a lot of grief, heartache, and loss and keep you focused on the straight and narrow and just Stick to the basics. Stick to the basics and you're going to do really, really well. 
this too shall pass. Coronavirus, we will get through this. We will get our arms around the supply chain. We will figure out where the glitches are, where the parts aren't being manufactured, what's not able to be created and sold, what companies' profits are going to be lowered because they're not able to sell their goods or create their goods or ship their goods. It's okay. We're going to quantify it. And remember, this is not even as bad as the everyday flu. It's not. The mortality rate is not as high as the normal flu. So keep a level head, keep your immune system up, stay healthy, wash your hands, and we will come out the other side of this. Six months from now, you'll look back and say, ah, that was just a blip, and on we go. I do think by the end of this year, we will be at new highs. We definitely will get through this. So don't panic, stay focused, and I'm here to help you through this scary time, but staying the course is the best action you can take right now. And if you like having this kind of confidence instilled in you and messages given to you and explanation given to you on an in-depth basis more frequently, consider my VIP experience. It's my inner investing circle. I'm keeping my people grounded, focused, and successful as investors so that they can reach their long-term goals of financial freedom. And we have a couple weeks left in our podcast review contest. You can win one of my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio sets valued at $197. You can win one of my Wealth Heiress books voted one of the best wealth books of all time by Book Authority. And you can win a one-on-one wealth mentoring session with me. All you need to do is leave a podcast review on iTunes. That will get your name in the drawing one time. If you have an Android phone, you can leave a review on stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. And if you've read the Wealth Heiress book and you leave a book review on Amazon, that will get your name in the drawing two times. Winners will be announced in mid-March. And thank you so much for everyone who's left a podcast review. And since I'm giving away 25 prizes, your chances are really good of winning. So I hope to see your review over there. I love hearing from you. I love reading what you have to say. And I'm just tickled pink that so many of you are enjoying the podcast, loving it, and putting it into practice and seeing a difference in your life. That's what I'm here for. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.